You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM with Min Kieran Audula, and we are speaking to Bill Thielman, communications and strategy consultant and former NDP advisor. We're talking about the federal budget 2023. Bill, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. So, Bill, what stood out to you in this budget? You mean in the NDP budget? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, the, uh, you know, the NDP is often uh, keen federally on taking credit for things that the Liberals do. But I think in this case, they absolutely are correct. Um, two of the biggest measures, the dental care uh, for those making under 90000 a year is a huge issue, uh, a huge uh, gain for, for, obviously, for people who are going to now have, have dental care uh, that didn't have it before, but a huge gain for Jagmeet Singh and the NDP. And I also think that the, uh, the so-called grocery um, supplement or, or the uh, amount of money that's going through the GST tax credit was, again, something the NDP was demanding in exchange for keeping support of the uh, Liberal government, uh, keeping it in power, as per their confidence and supply agreement. So I think uh, those two things are, are two of the biggest pieces. Um, there's something, there's a lot more in it. Uh, it's a 250-page budget, um, but, you know, the GST rebate for low-income Canadians and, uh, and the dental piece is the big piece. There's a lot on clean energy, uh, multi-billion dollar tax credits for clean energy. But, you know, for those of us in Metro Vancouver and, and other many other places, Toronto, Montreal, um, there's nothing really on housing, and I was surprised by that. Yeah, the housing bit was definitely really surprising, considering we had a report recently saying, hey, we're going to have a lot of people come into our cities, and we're going to really need to increase the housing. I mean, why do you think that was something that was missed? I, I honestly cannot uh, explain it other than to say uh, it is very challenging, but you know, the federal government is responsible for immigration in, in Canada. It's something that uh, they've kept increasing numbers of people coming into the country. And uh, one thing you can almost for sure say is that when people are immigrants, they don't have housing waiting for them and ready. And as we know, far, all too sadly, uh, way too many people in, in British Columbia and in Metro Vancouver in particular, and of course across the country, don't have the, either don't have uh, permanent secure housing or don't have the housing that they, they need. They're making do with the places that are too small for them and their family, or they can't find places or they're, you know, completely insecure and, and having to move continually because of uh, insecure housing. So uh, and that's not even to mention people are homeless, but uh, obviously there's there's a lot to be done there. I, uh, you know, the federal government in the in past uh, decades, in the 70s in particular, put a lot of money into housing, subsidizing uh, the multi-unit residential buildings, MIRBs they were called, and, and also cooperatives. We, the whole cooperative system of housing that we see here in Metro Vancouver and, and other parts of the province was built largely on federal budgets and federal funding in the 70s, and uh, that's just, you know, mostly disappeared. I think it's, uh, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of <laughs> astonished that you could increase the deficit by an additional uh, seven or eight million, a billion dollars, uh, spend a huge amount of money and still not really put much into housing. Now, that's right, Bill. And you know, the comment that you made just at the beginning, the NDP's budget, that's something I've been hearing from a lot of people is they don't really see much of the Liberals in this budget. They seem to see the NDP being represented, especially like what the premiers wanted with health care, more investments there. So why do you think the Liberals kind of made this move? Well, I think Jagmeet Singh made it pretty clear, and we saw this in the run-up. He was making a lot of noise about saying he wouldn't necessarily support the government. Um, the government, the Liberal government, is in. This is this is basically, you know, doesn't anybody want to win this game? Uh, the Liberals uh, are continually in trouble, and the Chinese uh, alleged Chinese government interference in elections and other foreign power inter- interference issues, and the Prime Minister 
inexplicably to me, refusing to call for a public inquiry, which seems to be the obvious thing that's going to happen anyway. Um, but then, you know, with Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives, uh, uh, some of his MPs caught meeting with a, a extreme right-wing German politician, and, uh, you know, they just, they just, one team gets the ball and fumbles it, then the other team gets the ball and fumbles it. So I, I think that this is uh, kind of an unprecedented, nobody wants to win this. I think in the midst of that chaos, Jagmeet Singh wisely figured out that the Liberals really did need his support and his caucus's support, and um, just pushed hard. But dental care was supposed; it was part of the agreement. No question about that. Uh, when the Liberals and the NDP signed an agreement that would keep the Liberal minority government in power till 2025, and so he pushed hard on that. And, and I think they do deserve credit for it, and, and are taking it, of course. And <clears throat> the, the Liberals are just not in a position right now to fight an election, and they are hoping that Pierre Polyev continues to be unpopular with, with women voters in particular and others, and will make make some more mistakes so that they can kind of recuperate from their own mistakes. But it's, uh, I have to say, I haven't seen two parties that, either one of which could potentially win a, a majority government, keep uh, keep fumbling. Yeah, there's always something going on, never a dull moment. Now, I think the other issue that's really important, particularly for us here in BC, is the opioid crisis. And I noticed that the budget is providing $359.2 million over five years to support the renewed Canadian drugs and substance strategy. And that includes new money to help prevent substance abuse and streamline the establishment of new supervised consumption sites. What do you think of this announcement? Well, pretty clearly, um, all governments, uh, federally and the federal government and provincial governments, have been uh, frustrated by trying to deal with the opioid overdose crisis, which we have uh, not just in major cities, but uh, and certainly not just in in Vancouver and Surrey and other areas, but all, all across the country. So I'm I'm happy to see that they're spending more money, but I I think COVID really set things back quite a bit. Um, you know, added on top of the opioid crisis. So there's much more needed, but the number one thing needed is rehabilitation, in my view, uh, more rehab centers, and, and I work with with one of them. Um, there is just not enough spaces for people who, when they say, I don't like this lifestyle anymore, I'm tired of being uh, sick or on the street or both, uh, and they want to get out of it, you, those people need help right away. When you say, I want to get clean, whether it's from drugs or alcohol, you need to be able to get into rehab in very short order before you relapse. And so I think that, you know, much, much more needed to be spent on that. And I think that's something that's missing. The, the, I don't think there's a huge disagreement between the provinces and the federal government on this either. But it's, um, you know, it's something, but it's, it's certainly not enough uh, to really address the problem when you've got thousands of people dying every year from, from a, a preventable disease. And Bill, another thing that I noticed that was in the conversation quite a bit yesterday is there was a lot of uh, reports talking about how Ottawa needs a robust response to U.S. President Joe Biden's recent Inflation Reduction Act. And despite that being the bill's name, it's really a climate change plan that promises hundreds of billions of dollars in funding to stimulate clean energy development and greener manufacturing sector. Now, of course, we know with the Canadian government, I don't think they can invest like as much money as the U.S., but this was definitely a really big talking point here. Yeah, <clears throat> well, they they couldn't really compete with the U.S. because it's it's appearing increasingly that the the U.S. is going to commit trillions of dollars to that, and that would that would cover our entire budget <laughs> for a few years. Um, but there there is you know there's some good things. I think the government strategy is we do have one of the better supplies in the world of uh, so-called rare earths, uh, the the lithium and other um, mineral products that you need to go into lithium and and long-term batteries for cars and trucks uh, as we electrify. So I think it's a wise strategy in that sense. Um, they've offered a, 
uh, 15% um, tax refundable tax credit for uh, investments in wind and solar, hydro wave tidal as well, uh, even nuclear, which doesn't not something I'm keen on, but um, you know there we are. They have it in Ontario, um, and there's there's more in the budget for that, uh, but it's you know it's basically. Uh, they're they're very nervous about what the Americans will do, and if we have a, a extremely subsidized American auto industry moving into electric vehicles or EVs, um, there'll be more to come on this in years ahead because the whole auto pack and and uh, the basic uh, vehicle del- um, taxation and uh, export import agreement that we have with the United States is critical to the whole auto industry. And of course, because it's based in Ontario, it's definitely going to be number one priority for our federal government. And Bill, how would you say when you look at this budget overall, of course, inflation is such a big issue. We talk about affordability. How would you like what kind of a score would you give it in terms of tackling the issues of affordability? Oh, not overly high. I mean, you know, there there is some uh, some money in there, obviously, but it's really gained, and, and rightly aimed at uh, families with a family income of you know ninety thousand or less. But around here, that's not that's almost not enough. Um, you know, it, it's just extremely difficult to see. I think one of the problems you have, and this is the conservatives have have rightly pointed out, if you continue to run huge deficits and and keep and increase your your deficit year after year and have a, a compounding debt, um, you are actually encouraging inflation to go up, not discouraging it. So I think, you know, it, it's very difficult. Um, on the flip side, of course, which we know from Keynesian economics, is when you're in economic difficulties, the government should spend money, and when they're uh, in economic good times, they should save money. Unfortunately, the second part doesn't happen. So you have got, I, I don't doubt that there's need right now, and I, I, I certainly support the the budget on some of the spending issues, but at some point the, the bills come due, and um, the government has not seen in earlier days in the 2015 to 20 period where the economy was doing quite well it has not throttled back it's actually kept spending so um there'll be a it'll be a very interesting situation in the years ahead unless the economy recovers if the economy recovers quicker than we think and government revenues start flowing from you know personal and corporate income taxes and other measures then uh, the liberal gamble will pay off yeah it'll be interesting to see what is to come bill as always appreciate your insights is there anything else you'd like to add before i let you go well, we did, we did also see increases in the Canada health transfer, and we kind of knew that from negotiations that happened before. But we obviously, uh, you know, the other area which is really hurting outside of housing is health care and family doctors and all of the, the myriad emergency room waits, et cetera. So there is an increase in the budget of a, a fairly significant increase in health transfers, which is good. But, again, is it enough? Well, time will tell. Only time will tell, Bill. Thank you so much for your time. You take care. Thanks. My pleasure.